For decades, the Vietnam War has been a Hollywood obsession. Apocalypse Now, Platoon, Full Metal Jacket, First Blood. These were blockbuster films, embraced by audiences and critics alike. And for decades, they've helped us understand a painful war and understand each other. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Brian Raftery, and this is Do We Get to Win This Time? How Hollywood Made the Vietnam War. Listen on the Big Picture feed. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new champion. But I'm better than you. And you know it. D-M-D. Acknowledge me. Well, ding dong, hello. Embrace the vision. And we want the smoke. Lately, he just hasn't been very oozy. Heard worldwide. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Wednesday Worldwide. Worldwide. A proud member of the faction known as the Ringer Wrestling Show. My name is Ben Cruz, and I'm a producer here at the Ringer. And with me, as always, are my tag team partners, senior editor at theringer.com, Cal Davenport, and of course, the super producer. Here at the Ringer, Mr. Brian H. Waters. Uh, y- you guys, I'm, I'm curious about something. What's up? Mm-hmm. How did you explain the CM Punk firing situation to non-wrestling fans? Because I, 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 a friend asked me about it uh, on Monday. And I had this moment where I was like, I got to explain this quickly and succinctly. Because to non-wrestling fans, this shit's probably stupid. It's probably boring. Uh, to, to wrestling fans, it's kind of stupid and boring at certain right. point. But I'm curious how you both explained it or would explain it to someone who's not consuming this content on daily. I, I, you have to, it, depending on the person, if they know. Like, like, here, or here, let, do, like, do it in like one sentence. See if you can do it in one sentence. All right. Um, you provide your context, but see if you can explain it in one sentence. Let's see. After getting into a fight with Luke Perry's son, uh, <laughs> w- w- one of one of the most controversial wrestlers in the world got fired from this second, you know, largest wrestling company in the world. I mean, that's it, you got to kind of just like I think you have to start with Luke Perry's son because there's a lot of intrigue with what that's true, uh, yeah. Uh, and and then you it, it depends on how far back you want to go because there's a lot right the minutia of he wanted to do something involving glass on a tee like nobody cares about this but like no, it's, no, no, yeah <laughs> the problem is it's kind of like because I had to have this conversation with my wife and the funny part was I'd explained everything up until uh the fire like before the firing like sometime last week so when word hit the wire that punk got fired i just had to hit her i was like yeah hey, remember that cm punk story i told you about the other day she was like yeah i'm like uh he got fired she's like oh shit but you know that's kind of how we all were that makes that makes sense that, that 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 was your explanation because you were on the breaking <laughs> news show on the mass man show right after so you had to explain why you were working on a saturday on a, of a long weekend all 100%, right so 100%. that was yours brian h waters how did you explain this to the casuals well, see, this is the reason why Cal is like the best editor in the world, um, <laughs> because he gave context and I didn't. I just told him simply one wrestler got fired because another wrestler said something after he tried to prevent him from using real glass, glass. and he wanted him to use uh, sugar glass. Sugar. 
Oh, you went the glass route. Fight. <laughs> yeah, I went the glass route. Because I, okay. I felt Should like go. that was intriguing. The the fact that you, if you're not a wrestling fan, and you always see hear about glass, and in fact you can find out that they actually use a different type of glass. Right. I thought that part was intriguing. Right. No, okay. So like you, okay. So we went the we went the Nile two and route. And the glass route. <laughs> right. that, I'm with that. I, I I couldn't do it very very quickly. Honestly, when I was asked about it the other day, like I went I went back to brawl out. I I I, was, oh, wow. I went full historian with it. Wow. Yeah, but I was yeah, like, yeah. as I was as I went back, I was like, this I got to speed this up <laughs> because <a lot. laughs> yeah. my friend is losing interest in this explanation. So I, I, I got I got to keep moving here. As long as you mention that he got into an altercation with the EVPs this time last year, I think you're good. You don't if if they want to go down the EVPs that, was a key phrase. Yeah, yeah. you, you got to throw you got to mm-hmm. throw EVPs in there. It's actually interesting too because it feels like uh, I don't know how long I don't know who's on what did they call it the the disciplinary committee or whatever the term yeah was yeah <laughs> uh, I don't know who's on that but it sounded like a lot of it was Warner Brothers Discovery that was kind of like uh nah this guy I don't know if they were there at Wembley Stadium I don't know what it was but I kept hearing reading reports where it would say uh you know Warner Brothers Discovery's already like yeah this guy's gone before the before the, the hammer was officially hit right there's reports he skipped the meeting with them which is <laughs> I saw I did see that I, I did see that yeah yeah. He knew. But anyway, it's uh listen back to to the Mass Man Show's immediate breaking news pod. Cal was on there, Brian H. Waters was on there. I was lurking in the background uh, <laughs> on that episode. Ka- uh, Kaz and Dave were obviously also on there. It was a great, nice. great episode. Happened like great a great way to spend your Saturday night. Right? It, was, <laughs> I have to say. Right. it was uh when my wife just saw me frantically texting all of you, she's like, What is <laughs> What happened? I'll 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 explain it in a second. Just something happened. Well, you know, we brought the group chat to life. Let's be real. That's the right. true part. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we was having the group chat. We fired up the microphones, and you know, while we watching Trish Stratus do her thing. Thank you, Trish. Hope y'all said thank you, Trish. <laughs> but we watching Trish Stratus and and Becky Lynch was there too. No, in all serious, they had like the best women's case Incredible match match. I've ever seen yeah. personally. And and and. Yes, that's including some of the indies with all due respect wow. to Amelia Yim and Alice K. Mm. But that was like one of the greatest women's uh, cage matches I've seen. Back. And I'm sitting here podding with my friends. That was, what better way to spend no, the there was a, there was a Well, it was that collision was on. There was a lot going on in like that, that <laughs> hour-long time frame <laughs> that we were recording in. Yeah. Well, it was supposed to be quiet well, Saturday. It ended up just being ridiculously busy. Uh, but in, in the best yeah. way possible. You know, and and again, it was a nice way for Punk to bookend giving us content for the last, I don't know, year and change. So Literally, with yeah. that, let's kick things off the right way with some high spot headlines. And you know the deal. I'm going to read out some of the biggest headlines of the week in the world of professional wrestling. And whoever wants to tag in and let their thoughts fly, let it fly. First up, WWE officials are, quote, optimistic about Jay Uso's potential to be a solo star. Uh, main event Jay, now a member of the Raw roster after being brought over during payback. Brian, wh- what was your reaction to seeing Roman Reigns' former right-hand man just running solo on Raw? Uh, it was very interesting. And, you know, the thing is, to say optimistic, I mean... I would use that term for somebody in NXT. Mm. I wouldn't even have to say optimistic. I would feel like they should be confident. You look at what Jey Uso did the moment. You said optimistic in 2020 when him and Roman Reigns Mm. are going up against each other before the uh, Hell in a Cell match. Mm. You know, when Edgar Ray just had a match at Night of Champions. That's when you say optimistic. He's been proving himself time and time again. You know, he was went from being the hothead of the bloodline to be in kind of the calmer one. You saw the stuff that him and Sammy was doing. And, you know, I play this game. Shout out to good friend Cornell Gunther. Um, play a lot of WW2K23, right? And um, because Ben told me, give GMO the chance, I gave it a chance. And I'm, I'm, I'm not finished yet, but I will say I'm better than what I was. I did win the first <laughs> Gross. Uh, season. I okay. got the most Gross. Yeah. yeah. He's not on my show, but he's always in the main event. So I run Raw courtesy through Stephanie McMahon. And um, I think it's Mick Foley who's in charge of SmackDown. 
But Jay Uso has been the WWE Universal Champion numerous times. He's always in the main event. And I'm like, you know, something that the creators learn here. I mean, his overall is a 90 where Jimmy's at 89. But, you Ooh. know, wow. he's done something that, and I would love for anybody to chime in. When I think of a lot of twin tag teams, right? Gimmick or non-gimmick. But, you know, thinking about Jacob and Eli Blue, the Beverly Brothers, yeah. and a lot of other twin tag teams. But then you have the Bellas, right? You know the difference between Nikki and Brie. The Usos have found a way to do that. Right. They found a way to separate themselves so that you know the differences. And yeah. main event, Jay Uso, I am ready to say it by next year, WWE World Champion. Oh! Wow. wow. <laughs> is, is he taking it from Seth? Is that your, uh, your prediction? I, I I hope not. I would unless wow. Seth has a run. So, you know, I would rather see Seth face Roman at WrestleMania. I've been saying mm. that as since champion. even That's I know right. what the obvious is. No, no, not as champion. Okay. Um, I would. So, to not go too far in the weeds, but understanding Seth Rollins has a back issue, I would like to see him drop the title, take some time off, so he can be here for WrestleMania, not running the risk of the re-injury. But I would like to see, you know, a couple other people, like maybe a Shinsuke Nakamura, obviously a Damian Priest, maybe even a Sami Zayn. But think about Sami Zayn versus Jey Uso for the world title, say a SummerSlam. That's long-term storytelling. Oh, Is that man. You, you got, you got Sa Sami Zayn versus Jey Uso for the world heavyweight title for SummerSlam. Is that a main event of, on that card? Uh, the 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 second main event. You know, you still have, I'm still having my tribal chief in the main event. This is the you match. Know, we were eating good, like I said. This is the match before what, mm -hmm. what they used to call it, the dead match or whatever, the grave match or whatever you say call it, the, the match before the main <laughs> event. This is this this would be the the big match before that match. Or would yeah, this open say, the openers? You know, technically be be. the second most yeah. important match. Right? Well, just structurally, and again. This is building off WWE 2K <laughs> GM mode. Yep. <laughs> the opening match is the second most important match. So yeah, I, that's, that's the way you do it. Yep, that'd be a banger. I mean, Edge opened up WrestleMania. That was the first time WrestleMania opened up with the world title match at WrestleMania 27 with Edge and Alberto Del Rio, right. and that kind of like shifted that thought process. So I think if you do that with a Jey Uso, man, come on now, Jey Uso and Sami Zayn because. You you saw like the comeback out there Monday night, and you knew the hug was coming. Oh it yeah, was, it was special. But to see how the fans gravitate towards him, that's how I can see he could be a single star. You know, he changes music a little bit. It's just me, Oos, and then you know got the fans rocking and rolling. You, rock you know, I was there at SummerSlam when it happened. Huh? You rocking with the new music? You know, I was. Yeah, I like it. I like both of their new music. To be honest with you. Are you out on it, Cal? You seem you seem skeptical. <laughs> um, I'm in this. I think like I hear everything that you're saying. It all makes sense, but I'm I'm wondering. Like I feel also like a lot of that was work for the job that's starting right now. Like I I think we got we got to see main event Jey Uso shine within the Bloodline story with his with his brother with his family in this very intricately woven story that kind of existed outside of the the the, the WWE universe uh if you will because time kind of stops when the end of smackdown we're hitting the bloodline story with it now we've got Jey Uso on raw outside of the entire bloodline and we'll, I don't even know how this is going to affect whatever the storyline is with him versus Jimmy if they if he goes back to the bloodline whatever that case may be now we have to see, okay, all that work that's done, y'all like that main event, Jey Uso, he's in the crowd, rocking with him and whatnot. Let's see that match with, with Shinsuke Nakamura and how people are reacting to that. Let's see how people react to those those matches where he, he he's wrestling Seth Rollins and he has to really show that it's him and not just him as part of this ready-made storyline. That is great. And I'm I'm not I'm not discrediting Jay at all, but I think right now is a time where it's it it's it's put up or shut up because if if he if if this doesn't work, 
there may not be a main event Jey Uso, not in terms of, you know, anything that people are saying in terms of, you know, shouting him out. They may say it is a joke and he may just be forever shackled mm-hmm. to his brother. So, no, I think that this is a really important time for him as a single star. So if, it, if anybody wants to support, buy them single, whatever the Jey Uso t-shirt going to be, buy them shirts, go see them shows when he goes because it's it's put up or shut up with him right now. On that, so building him, I think, is... I mean, he, he's been built, but building him even more as a single star, should he be the guy to dethrone Gunther to start? Wow. Like Ooh. So, like, Gunther will pass. He's going to become the longest reigning intercontinental champion, I think, if not today, like a day it's or today. like tomorrow. It's today. So, after yeah. today, mm-hmm. that's official. So, that title or that you know, record is now Gunther's. Great. We can finally stop talking about it or, you know, it'll it'll kind of go down in history. <laughs> right. But someone has to take that title off. Because at some point, Gunther also has to enter the, the world heavyweight title picture, right? That, that just seems to be his destiny. Do you start off... Do you put, do you put the IC title on Jay? I don't know. It seems like a good jumping off point. And then eventually, to Brian's point, I think he'll work his way into into the world heavyweight title picture, um, but Seth seems to have a strong, you know, a chokehold on that thing for at least a little bit longer. The the funny because you're you're not wrong, but what's funny is two weeks ago you could have the same conversation about Cody Rhodes. Like I thought that was going to be the track that Cody Rhodes. Maybe they reverse. Maybe it's Jey Uso is now where Cody was, however many moons ago, in terms of you know restarting as a a, an established single star that needs to kind of rise. But it's funny because there's a lot of options, you know, with Seth's got the title, but with Shinsuke, with Cody, with Jay, with Gunther, there's a, there's a number of hands over there that could have a, a very interesting Drew's over there on Raw as well. Their title picture looks great. Over there on SmackDown, like, I don't know. Like, you couldn't give me five, four or five strong options to, to even, like, attempt to dethrone Roman Reigns, let alone clearly take either of those titles. It's interesting. Yeah, it feels very raw heavy right now. I mean, that's a great point. And Stacked. I mean, to that point, who's who's the other option to take the U.S. title from Ray? You know, I mean, obviously, L.A. Knight is going to be an option for that, but outs- but I mean, also Roman's not even showing up for work right now. <laughs> like, when chilling. was the last time he was on <laughs> on TV? He's uh, so there's that. But I don't. I mean, I, f- I feel good about where where the raw side. I mean, you know, Drew and uh, and Riddle obviously got their tag team thing going. I think mm-hmm. they've shifted Drew into this tag team division in this world until maybe they figure out his contract status, which. I don't know if that's quite the right move. Right. Drew, Drew does not feel like a tag team guy at all anymore, right? At when all. him and Dolph were, you know, were that team when he first kind of debuted on the main roster, that made a lot of sense. But Drew's kind of outgrown that. I, I don't know, man. I, I like WWE being optimistic on Jay. Uh, I'm ready for it. Right. You know, what I mean, I'm, I'm ready for him to hold some sort of singles title. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, to both of your points, I don't, I don't know if. I see him beating or be, being the world heavyweight title champion, world heavyweight title holder uh-huh. right off the jump. Uh, but he, he he's never held a singles title, mm. right? Nah, he had the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal trophy. Right, but come on. <laughs> really? <laughs> but yeah, about that. And to Cal's point, it was still like kind of like tied with the bloodline stuff. Right. So this will be interesting to see. And, and I understand what everything both of y'all are saying. And, you know, I think the IC title route, I don't know if he necessarily is the one to take down Gunther. Um, he probably but doesn't need I it. I don't he, know if he needs it. Hmm? I don't know if he needs it. Like, I feel like Jay more so than Cody because Jay's been moving for empty mm-hmm. years. Like, I feel like he, we just saw him wrestling Roman. Like, I feel like him jumping over to Raw and being inserted in that main event storyline. I think it works. 
That's true. But I'm not sure. Like, I I, I can't tell how, like, is Cody the number one baby face on Raw right now? Where does he stand in that hierarchy in terms of, because uh, I'm, See, no, go ahead. That- no, that's a great point because I mean they've positioned him obviously. I, I think it's 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 unquestioned that after Seth it's Cody, right? As mm-hmm. as the top baby as a top baby face. Mm-hmm. But they've also positioned Cody to where his story is only complete if and when he beats Roman, who's on the opposite show. Right. It, it, it's it's this funky thing right now where that doesn't work because Cody's doing all the all this fun stuff, right? The, all this baby face you know, putting people over, getting himself over. But again, his end goal is a dude who's on, again, on a different night, who works I mean, different, uh, the op- the opposite end of the week. So I, I, I will remember say- he did the trade though. So he could be, that's true. Trading himself. Trading but, himself. Yeah. But also, but also I, I think the, the, cause remember where, where did we see Jey Uso get that, that announcement? That was, Cody Rhodes giving it, saying, I pulled the strings and do it on yeah. Raw. My my wheels were turning while I was watching Payback. I'm like, oh, uh, how it, because again, we don't know. I don't, I, I didn't see Paul Heyman with the phone saying, call Roman Reigns or whatever. Like, I don't know what that reaction's going to be yet. Mm-hmm. There, mm. there's, there could, I mean, Survivor Series is right around the corner. There, there could be a Raw versus SmackDown right. element and it could be a Jimmy versus Jay thing. That's kind of where my mind was going immediately. But, uh, right. It, it, it with them, with them putting, with, with these conversations coming out so quickly after a Jay Uso goes to Raw, it makes me wonder how long they're going to have him be a singles guy on Raw or in general. Cause it could, it could be a while. We, we, we may, yeah. we, we may really be having main, main event Jay Uso for a bit. That's right. By the way, on, on whatever Paul Heyman, just goes straight into his phone and says, "Call Roman Reigns." <laughs> He's using an iPhone, right? He doesn't use Hey Siri, yeah. I, so I don't. I, I don't think his phone is working. Can can we teach Paul Heyman? <laughs> Call how, Roman Reigns. I don't know. Like, like that's not how this works, Paul. You, well, you got to activate Siri, and then it will call Roman Reigns. Well, think about it. So he, so he, mind you, this is the end of SmackDown. So it's it's what something to ten o'clock, depending on where you are on, on the yeah. East West Coast. Roman's just sitting there chilling on other thing, waiting for Paul Heyman to give him the update. And, and there's there's seven thousand to ten thousand screaming fans at whatever the right, hell just I, happened at the end of the show. And Ro- what the hell? I can just imagine Roman on the other end trying to hit, figure out what the hell's going on. <laughs> Hello, well, <laughs> just plugging his ear. Technically, <laughs> I can't hear you. Technically, Ben, all he has to do is hold the side button. Is that how uh, it works? All right. Call Ben Cruz, and then Siri will come up. Oh, I see. See, I don't use I don't use Siri. That that's that mess. <laughs> clearly. I need lessons on how to use my own phone. Oh, and no, because Brian's not calling me. That's that's hilarious. Because uh, I don't want Paul Heyman <laughs> listening to this and then trying to come at Ben. Right. No, that's and said, "Well, Benjamin, yeah, right, sir, right. Hey, and, maybe then, maybe that's what I want, Brian. Maybe I'm no. this. I'm just looking for Paul Heyman's attention. <laughs> Next up <laughs> on High Spot headlines." Jack Perry is suspended, quote, indefinitely from AEW. So he is the other side of the CM Punk coin. Obviously, he was not fired. CM Punk was fired. It, you can read all the details you want about the uh, the CM Punk stuff. But this Jack Perry side is interesting because obviously he had a hand in what happened at All Out. Uh, what does the future hold? For Jack Perry, for the former, for the artist formerly known as Jungle Boy, Cal, I, I think I think Jack Perry is, is in a great spot. I think that the thing is, is regardless of, I mean, because he was going to get suspended, just like after Brawl Out last year, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, anybody anybody involved in those tussles who were employed, they, they, the 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 axe was going to get thrown in, in some type of way. And, you know, there were a lot of people who had to sit down for, I think it was a couple of months. So when we yep. were, re- when we were recording this past Saturday, I think that was one of, you know, my, my, my remaining questions was kind of just what's, what's going on with Jack Perry. Cause we hadn't heard anything um, up until the mm-hmm. other day, but uh, I think I, I'm pretty sure that he's cool with the elite. Um, I think he was just getting started on whatever will become of this Jack Perry iteration of uh, his, his his pro wrestling character. But I think as long as he's 
not openly aggressively challenging people you know and, and being a dick you know because like he was standing on something i think and i think he he more than got his point across because this man is not in the company company anymore but uh I, I don't think you can do that every time you've got an issue with somebody. You know what I'm saying? So I think the, the only yeah. soft, it's really going to be on him to make sure that um, I guess communication is a two way street. So it doesn't have to turn into a blow up situation at a Wembley show where you've got 81,000 plus in the, in, in the arena. Brian, we're, well, two, I guess a two parter here. Where do you stand on Jack Perry? Just because as a performer, and two, do you think he uses this potentially I got CM Punk fired <laughs> uh, bit <laughs> as part of his his character kind of moving forward here? Honestly, uh, the first uh, as a performer, I was just starting to buy into him. Mm-hmm. I was a huge non-fan of Jungle Boy, but Jack Perry had me sold. Uh, I definitely think he uses this as his character. I think that, you know, I think, you know, I think he's a, a company guy. And when I mean company guy, I'm like, you know, he's on the inner circle with the elite, maybe. That's just speculation. So I think this is all due process. Yeah. But I definitely think he comes out and, you know, makes some money with this. I hope, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. we all know what happened. You know, go ahead, go all the way into it. Lean into it, you know. Tell, tell people, you know, you could make things happen if they don't fall in line. Go full throttle with it at right. this point. Right. It's it's kind of some clout, man. Like, look, because <laughs> he was he was the last domino to kind of make this thing happen, right? right. Obviously, there was a, yeah. a bunch of them that happened before this brawl out. It's probably the biggest one to fall to kind of yeah. cause CM Punk's exit. But to be the last person standing... And ultimately, the last reason why Punk is no longer in the company, mm-hmm. it's it, if he if he adds even a smidge of a reference to this in like his next promo when he comes back, but I, I think there's going to be a he's either going to get booed mercilessly, right. or the crowd's going to pop you, like like mad. So he's in a winning position right now, honestly. In 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 a different time in pro wrestling, yeah, yeah. they may, they probably could have used this instead of it turning into something that would have got somebody let go. You know what I mean? Like uh, even Edge and and, and Matt yeah. Hardy were able to, to 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 turn that into a program. That was um, one of the conversations I had with someone who's a big CM Punk guy, mm-hmm. and you know he said if if this happened kind of like in the 90s or in the 80s like th- this would be a a non if if this happened kind of like in the 90s or in the 80s like th- this would be a a non story right this is just kind of yeah. what it's like in the locker room and you're like mm-hmm. oh yeah i understand that and that's probably true but it's not the 80s and the 90s anymore right <laughs> like it's it's 2023 yeah. where we're like dirt sheet shit is immediate Right. Like you used to have to search for that stuff. Right. Any rumors or any, you know, uh, disagreements backstage, like you you wouldn't find out about it. So probably had already blown over. And, you know, now, you know, when this stuff is happening in real time, we're getting these updates in real time. It's it. And again, it's just a different time to be a human being. Uh, Yeah. Think about when we learned about the details of the Montreal screw job. Yeah. Like the fight. That Brett, when you know Brett put down Vince, he punched him. We did, <laughs> yeah. <Softest> <laughs> and Vince was Vince in fear for his life. No, <laughs> he just, no, not at all. He walked he just, out. He just took it. I, I knew it was he, coming. He walked out the he room. Just took it. Walked out with ca- with cameras in his face. Yeah, mm-hmm. there were there was a documentary crew. He I just think, walked by him. I think he got knocked out and then he woke up and walked out, stumbled out. I guess. You yeah, say. he looked a little. Yeah, worse he was weird. stumbling. It's, Disheveled. His uh, his shirt was untucked. Yeah, it was uh, book of book of wrestling plug. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we got Gerald Briscoe given the account of what happened because he was one of the few people on the intervent circle. I'm pretty sure y'all know the story by now. But the reason why I said to Dave, like, let's get Gerald Briscoe on because Vince had told him he didn't tell Pritchard, he didn't tell Jr. That's right. Didn't tell Undertaker, but he told Gerald, and he said 
you know, so he gives the detail. He talks to Dave about this on episode, because uh, it's a two-parter episode of the Montreal Screwjob mm-hmm. as to what happened. And again, you didn't hear him say he feared for his life. You know? Right. Uh, Vince McMahon, you, I don't think you could pay him to say he no, feared for his life anything. Not yeah. He, he, he just, he stepped in there to kind of take what was, he knew it was coming too. Like he got spit on and punched mm-hmm. in like yeah. a 30 mm-hmm. minute span. I, I, yeah, I guess to be fair, um, Tony Khan was kind of just standing there trying to produce a wrestling show. Uh, Vince McMahon yeah. effectively uh, screwed. Did it to himself. Well, 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 I mean, I guess I screwed is probably not the right word because he, he would say he didn't screw Brett. He would say Brett screwed himself. But uh, Vince had a very That's big true. hand in the, 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 the cause of all of that debauchery at the end of that pay-per-view and what happened backstage. That was just, that was because of a decision he made. Um, so right. he, maybe he felt like he had to eat, he, he, he had that he could eat, you know, a couple of punches for, for, for the betterment of his company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Brett, Brett came it. back and they, they ended up kind of making amends. Uh, you know, Brett came back to the company a couple of years later, but man, I mean, this Jack Perry thing will be interesting. I'm, actually really looking forward to when he comes back. You know, I know that there's, it's a pretty split camp with where people stand with Jack Perry. Um, So again, it will be very, very interesting to see the reaction he gets when he comes back, but he's going to get a reaction, which again is, Uh is the golden rule in all of wrestling. You just, you just want people to feel any type of way about you. So he's, he's no longer in that middle. He's going to be one way or the other. And, uh, yeah, Good for him. Last one here on High Spot Headlines. Booker T says, quote, AEW is just thinking about the matches, not the buildup. Cal, when you saw this on the rundown, I saw I saw a glimmer in your eyes. <laughs> uh, what, what, are, what are your thoughts here on Booker T's quote? Uh, Booker T uh, is often 100% correct, and I, I think he's very close to hitting the nail directly on the head. Um, I, I it, but that's kind of just what AEW's been, right? It, it, I feel like uh the the what Tony Khan because Tony Khan was a tape trading, you know, just lover of all style, all, uh, everything pro yeah. wrestling from, you know, the 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 Hulkamania era through Josie wrestling through New Japan and then Ring of Honor all. Like he loves all that stuff and I think he is in a situation where instead of worrying, because I don't think it uh, to the audience, I don't know if the AEW audience really cares. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't think they're they're worrying so much. Like if something happens on Dynamite this week, I don't think they're worrying about it picking up because a lot of times it may not even be referenced the next week on Dynamite, and I think that is that may just be because of so many storylines and wrestlers. I don't know, but they've been trained to kind of consume AEW like this. But at the end of the day, because, because of the way that those stories get told, a lot of that, it kind of, they, they just need a couple of clips to make the vignette make sense. People are really just concerned about the, the night on pay-per-view, the night at, on Dynamite where the match is going to take place. I already saw their booking uh, they're booking towards a uh, Grand Slam where there's going to be an MJF title match at Grand Slam. Like, it, who cares about you know the 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 what? You'll look at whatever that Eliminator tournament series is going to be. You're going to see one name. Be like, look, I, I bet that person's going to make it, and you're just going to track to see if that person makes it. But it's going to be clear as day what's going to be happening in a couple of weeks or whatever, and they just got to make it that, to that point. I I think I mean I say all that to say I think Booker T's a uh, like ninety nine point five percent correct. I think there are some times where Tony Khan may uh be trying to do some things and some monkey wrenches get thrown into the plans. I CM Punk, for example, changed you know effectively a, a good chunk of uh all out over this past weekend. So uh, there there are plans, but yeah, I I I feel like it's been plain as day. Tony Khan is is trying to create these dream match scenarios. So one week we can just say, oh shit. Kenny Omega's facing facing Vikingo on TV. I can't wait to watch it, and they'll just take the clips and and you know in, enjoy wrestling that way. It's kind of just what AEW is at this point. Yeah, and I mean, okay. Well, Brian, you, you mentioned GM mode earlier. 
in WWE mm-hmm. 2K. <laughs> How would Tony Khan fare <laughs> in Good GM question. mode? Good uh, with, you know, thinking about the matches and not necessarily the buildup, according to Booker T. Oh, you wouldn't beat him. <laughs> you know? Oh, oh, he's he'd be running away with it. Yeah, when it comes to just the matches, because you know he's he. One of the things about I've learned through this difficult process of GM mode is you got to have like the best fits, mm-hmm. you know, when you pair two people together. And I feel like he does that. I feel like he does that very well. You know, he'll put together, you know, those matches, those quote unquote dream matches. So on that aspect, yeah, he would do well. I mean, if they had GM mode on, um, but isn't part uh, of it, five, part of it's five, building five, the fuse, right? Like you need, you know, like a, like you need to build to, or you don't need to, but if you build a feud to a pay-per-view, like a four star, and then, you know, four, or, or sorry, a level four feud, that's going to yeah. pay off more than just kind of a one-off, right? Which is... Well, see, that's, that's why you're better at the most than me. Because, <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, you're right. When you, yeah, because when you do have a four, uh, what is it, level three, level four rivalry, uh-huh. you're going to get that bonus in the actual match right. at the pay-per-view. So in that aspect, see, and that's, I think with his main stories, he tend to do well. Right. I'm giving credit with that, right? Um, you look at like the MJF and the CM Punk feud, or even the Moxley and the MJF feud, like some of that stuff built well. Right. But then, you know, like you said, even what was it when Jericho went on his excursion where he fought like all his old opponents? Yeah. That that was a well built feud. Yeah. But but then, you know, sometimes, especially with the women, it's just like, okay, insert person here, here. It'll be a good match for the show. But it's one of those things like it doesn't make you unless you're like in that that percentage of wrestling fan. You don't care. If you're not somebody who wants to see a good build up and a good feud, you're not going to run to your TV on Wednesdays and be like, I can't miss it. Like we couldn't wait for Raw Monday because we wanted to hear what main event Jey Uso had to say. We can't wait for SmackDown because we're going to want to see is you know, what's going to happen with John Cena? What's going to happen with L.A. Knight right, or right. even uh, Jimmy Uso? And that's the thing that's missing. Yeah, yeah I mean, when I, when I read this, two matches stood out to me immediately from AEW because they, they went from zero to 100, essentially, which was the Sting Darby Swerve Luchasaurus coffin match. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> Sting came back, and then that <laughs> night they announced that match was happening. Yeah. At uh mm-hmm. at at the pay per view, and they're like, it's gonna be a coffin match. Like, right. Whoa, yeah. what? No, yeah. Not even, and it wasn't even. You know, Sting and Darby didn't even challenge them to said coffin match. They challenged them to a match, and then Shivani or whoever just announced it casually later, where they're like, by the way, it's gonna be a coffin match on a graphic. You're like, whoa, right. this. Yeah. I, yeah, it makes sense for who's involved. Like, I'm fine with that. But again, did, this was just kind of an example of them being like, oh, we're going to throw this match together and this it, stipulation. Did it make sense? Well, I'm I'm trying to be kind here, Cal. I'm trying to be <laughs> a little I, diplomatic. I, 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 I was watching the it's, show. It's because it's, um, it's Darby. Darby's right. well, uh, all about when, the, he's a, the coffin drop. When, when Darby did the coffin drop on the coffin, I said, oh, that's why it's a coffin match. They wanted, <laughs> they wanted that spot. <laughs> but like that, that just, that's the booking mentality, though. It's not necessarily so much where they're not trying to do three year, four year bloodline storylines. They can. And so then there are, there are, they weave that stuff in there. Like Kenny Omega, like if you really want to break Kenny Omega or the young bucks down, there are storylines going on in, but it's, it's more like the way they're booking themselves in the company. You know what I mean? Like they, they know, they know ultimately what they're doing in their pad, but, uh, you know, I I think for Tony Khan, it's it's a lot more. Oh shit! Is is this match available? Let's be perfect example. And we can go something else. Perfect example. ROH Death Before Dishonor. The main yeah. event of that card was Athena Willow Nightingale. That match it was it was nothing but here are two of the best women's wrestlers in the world right now. We have an opportunity, and he literally said, "Hey." They had a fire match. They had them, their match on the Honor Club is still their best out of the three. I'll, I'll, I'll challenge anybody to that. Although the pay per view match is, is fucking amazing too. Sorry, but uh, he said on the scrum, he said, "Hey, that first match was amazing. Uh, let's do 
a best of three. Like, there's no thought behind, mm-hmm. you know, putting a storyline behind that. It was kind of just like, oh, they're going to face each other in the Owen Hart women's tournament, and then they're going to have this match on pay-per-view, and here's the three. They they haven't done anything more for Athena. They've not done anything for... They were both on Zero Hour this past Sunday, but that's yeah. kind of just how... If, if there's an idea and there's a time where these two people can have a match on this card, Tony Khan is seeing that, and then, you know, filling the gaps with whatever needs to be filled in, and a lot of it happens. I've noticed, if it's not the week of the pay-per-view it's the week before one of those two weeks is going to be very like uh uh it's going to be a big info dump it's going to be very uh yeah you know just a a bunch of text thrown at you and you're going to get all the 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 rest of the story you needed to figure out what what the hell's going to happen at this pay-per-view but uh that's my long-winded stay of that way of saying that's just how tony Khan books (laughs) so how did you guys feel about the strat match with Danielson and the Starks. Obviously, that match ended up being an absolute banger. But again, that that got booked, what is it, <laughs> the night before? Uh, so it's, right. it's it's stuff like that where you're like, whoa, man. I, and obviously, there was some story in it with, uh, with Steamboat involved. And, you know, it's a dragon is on the contract. Very, you know, it's a McMahon, uh, you know, WCW. <laughs> but again, this was like, and again, the, Maybe this is all forgiven because they ended up putting on an, an incredible match. No, but it no, was just but I, I, I think you know because you're asking a good question. Because yeah, and, but again, you're right. They were able to 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 turn what was it turn turn chicken shit into chicken salad because it was supposed to be CM Punk and Ricky Starks. And right, CM Punk was he 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 eighty six that whole situation after he started <laughs> fighting Jack Perry. But again, it, it they have the match, banger of a match. However you want to call, it, especially. Brian Danielson said he didn't even use his right arm. I got to go rewatch the match because he said he wasn't in pain. He didn't. At all. He didn't use it as a strike. That's crazy. He, he said he didn't throw any strikes or didn't do anything with his right arm. If you, so, I need to go back and watch. But again, Ricky Starks got beat. I don't know if Brian Danielson is going to be wrestling anytime soon. I there's really I, it 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 doesn't feel like anybody got any out of that particular situation. Nobody really got anything but a dope match on that paper. That's kind of that's just what it, that that situation sucks. But again, that's kind of when you when you already have this environment where you're not booking away other people book or like booking storylines like that, you end up getting stuff that can kind of fall flat like that, regardless of how you know many stars you give the match. There's, there's nothing left after it because nobody it felt, doesn't feel like anybody gained. Yeah, and I guess to your point, I mean. The- you could probably excuse that one a little bit more because you're right. right. It was probably supposed to be a longer program with Ricky Starks and Punk, and th- that obviously was not going to happen. So, um, but look, I mean, it, it gave us a great match. It gave us some great sound bites from from Brian Danielson right. in the, in the the presser after you know not using yeah. his right arm. He said yeah. he put he put Ricky Starks over heavy. Yes, he did. Yep. Yes, he said did. he carried him during the match. So you know, shout out to them for again. You said, you know, chicken shit and was it chicken soup? What's that? What's chicken, that phrase? Chicken that? shit and chicken salad, I think. Is <laughs> oh, what chicken is. salad. All right, yeah. I mean, depending on how you feel, a chicken soup could be could be helpful. But yeah, or right. or as as Becky Lynch would say, lemons into lemonade, uh, which go. which we're gonna get into a little bit later. But first, let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships—is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, You're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There it is. You heard the drop. It's time 
for they said what? The three of us have listened to The Masked Man Show and Cheap Heat, as I'm sure all of you fine listeners have as well, because you're already subscribed to our wonderful feed here on The Ringer Wrestling Show. But we get to do something I'm sure you wish you could all do from time to time, and that's respond to a take dropped by the likes of the legendary David Shoemaker, Kaz, Peter Rosenberg, Stack Guy Greg, or Dip. And for today's edition of They Said What, we're going to Cheap Heat. We're going to our guy, Peter Rosenberg. Brian H., tell him what we got. All right. You know what? I'm, I'm going to just play it. Okay. Let's just play it. I will bet a lot of money that CM Punk will never wrestle a WWE match again. In fact, I don't think he'll even get a Hall of Fame nod. The man is a serial bridge burner and habitual line stepper. Now, that was his tweet, which I was already had penciled in wow. mentally. And then he went in on it, and him and Stack Guy Greg had a conversation, but it all started right there. So yeah, let's dive in. So no, no WWE. So that's that's been the rumors around Punk. There, there was the rumor that obviously he tried to come back even as early as the Rumble at the beginning of this year. Right. Brian, do we? Is there? A, oh no, let's do this. What is the percentage that we see CM Punk in a WWE ring ever again? If I had to say, I would say a strong, you know, I like, I'm going to say 66%. Oh, okay. Why? That, that's a pretty, that's a pretty hefty percentage, I'd say. But wh- wh- why so? You know, they used to have a saying, anything that happened in the World Wrestling Federation, right. uh, for us new generation babies, we remember hearing that all the time. That's I right. say as adolescents. Right. But uh, there's also never say never. Right. Right. And, you know, one of the things that they brought up and was, uh, shout out to Stack Out Greg, um, it bringing up Ultimate Warrior. Uh-huh. Right. Mm. And because, um, like, one of the things that Rosenberg was saying was that everybody who came back sort of has some sort of unfinished business after they burnt the bridge, yeah. Yeah. which I disagree with because Warrior, okay, he repaired his reputation. They put a whole DVD out. Yep. Um, I remember this was like, this DV, when I bought the self destruction of the Ultimate Warrior, it made the ways like everybody wanted to borrow it, right? right? And then in 2014, the Blu-ray came out, and it was a whole different story. Um, with almost everybody in there except like Bobby the Brain Heena for obvious reasons. Um, but CM Punk, when I think about this, would be you know everything like he did the show on Fox. Uh, with Renee uh, Young at the time, um, and a couple other Page was on there, and I'm using that Booker WWE. T name. was on there as well. Yeah. yeah, Booker T, and so he did the show there, right? And, and he seemed to be in a happier place. Yeah. Uh, there was co- conversation that you know he was thinking about going to WWE, but instead decided to go to AEW. Then there, you know, earlier I, since we've been doing this show, he showed up backstage at a WWE mm-hmm. show. And even then, it was the sense of punk. Just leave so that there won't be any issues since you're technically under contract with All Elite Wrestling. Not punk, you're not welcome. Mm. So I think the conversation could be had. And, you know, people might not want to see it, but I think it's a lot of money in punk versus Roman. Just because if you take on the story when Punk did his podcast with Cole Cabana uh-huh. and he talked about when they put the shield together, y'all remember it was supposed to be Seth Rollins, it was supposed to be Dean Ambrose and friend of the program, Chris Hero. Word. Yeah. And Punk was all in on that and they was like, no, Roman. He said they knew Roman was going to be their guy and this, that, and the other. And you kind of hear the envy. Mind you, he's fresh, he's freshly frustrated, mm-hmm. but you kind of hear the envy that Roman was penciled in where he had worked hard. So I think there's storytelling there. Obviously, Paul Heyman versus CM Punk on the microphone. That's another story. So I think there's money there. I don't care about the match, to be honest with you. It don't have to take... It would be nice. You could. I do believe you could fill up a stadium, but you could just put it in an arena in Chicago. It's going to go crazy. And I think he bows and acknowledges the tribal chief. But there's still other stories you can tell. You can even... If you got somebody you're trying to get up next and you have Triple H's there, mouthpiece... You know, just just for this, mm. you know, that would be yeah. fun. But I think at the end of the day, um, and I'll say 60% he's back. 
100% he's in the Hall of Fame. I know Rosenberg said no Hall of Fame. I definitely think CM Punk makes the WWE Hall of Fame. Okay. Cal, what percentage would you put on it? And is, is Brian booking... CM Punk versus Roman Reigns and Nostalgia Freaks booking. Yes. I, no, 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 this is the thing, because you heard of what you said. Packed him in the arena in Chicago. But like, like when, when people hear CM Punk versus Roman Reigns, they're thinking about the WrestleMania moment in whatever football stadium where there's tens of thousands of people all focused on these two people in the middle of the ring. You got CM Punk you know, doing the the X and 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 Roman wanting to be acknowledged and putting it like it, they want they they want that moment. Mm-hmm. And then when it gets to about 14, 17 minutes into the match where Roman is just getting fired up and CM Punk is kind of, <laughs> you know, you can tell that he's getting a little winded or, you know, he's just because he's he don't do this. And that that's the thing that confuses me. It's like I understand the nostalgia stuff, but you got a machine and a man who's been doing this for three three plus years at the top of the company, and then you got somebody who just came back off an eight year you know hiatus. Who they had their moments. I'm not going to say Punk was totally out there lackluster, but th- there were a lot of times where he looked like he may not have been, made the best decision to be in the ring. I, I don't, and I don't know if. I could see him coming back to a WWE ring. You want to see me want a, percent, a percentage like 80, 85% because everybody oh, comes back. Well, because even higher. Kurt Angle comes back. You know what I mean? He was the last mm-hmm. one that was never say never. I all I'm just like Bruno San Martino, they ended up mending that bridge and 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 getting him into the Hall of Fame and doing all that stuff. I think there is a way that CM Punk could be in the Hall of Fame. I I, I don't think it's a Never say never, but again, it, this I, is true. This is Punk's triple Triple H's uh, to CM Punk is Vince the Ultimate Warrior or Vince the Bruno, right? Mm. This is that opportunity where we're going to see if he put money before feelings because we know, like, let's be real, regardless to what CM Punk is going to draw money, WWE put a t shirt out, it's going to fly off of the course. shop. No, of yeah. course, you know, of course, you, and and shoot, you could do a CM Punk LA night back and forth. It's so many things you can do with him. I just don't, you know, I, I don't think he gets another title run. But guess what? Guess yeah, what? And you know. I mean, to that point, too, Dave made this remark on, on the Saturday show, which, you know, Punk, at whatever ceremony he was at, um, you know, recently, was kind of complimentary of Triple H. Mm-hmm. So I think he's starting <laughs> to... And it's just ironic with the timing, right? You're like, well, <laughs> okay, dude. All of a sudden, when things are shaky... Uh, when you're on shaky ground uh, at your current spot, you know you're, you're starting to build a bridge or rebuild a bridge uh, back to WWE. But you know what it reminded me of? Kyrie, remember when he said he texted LeBron <laughs> when he was in Boston? <laughs> like another I mean, Kyrie Irving, CM Punk comparison, <laughs> which is almost it's perfect at this point. Yeah, I, I, I've been sitting on this. You know what it was when when we were sitting there um, yesterday. The, the Break the Fourth Wall recording the Off Guard podcast. Shout out to uh, Pausha and Austin Rivers. Make sure y'all check that out on the NBA Ringer feed. I was sitting there and I was like, Kyrie Irving. Oh my, that's CM Punk. It's CM Punk. But he was yeah. like, he said, I called Braun because, you know, he realized maybe I was a little difficult. Yeah. That's CM Punk it's and tough, Triple H. Stuff leading a team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so again, anything is possible. I think we've been we've been conditioned to think that anything is possible in professional mm-hmm. wrestling, in WWE specifically. But man, I mean, the amount of issues that he's caused in the last year and a half, is it, isn't that a little <laughs> different? Like, I mean, you know, shitting on Triple H and, 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 and the formation of the Shield on a podcast is one thing, right? Like that, that stuff I feel like you can forgive, you can almost overlook. Mm-hmm. But, when you're out here getting into physical altercations with coworkers, <laughs> right, right, with WWE being as corporate as they are, from you know, mm-hmm. at, at times, can you can you risk that? I, and I guess you, you know can what for you the can money. Get away with though, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like it's like having children, right? A child may act one way at home. 
and then they go to somebody else's house, they act a different way. <laughs> right. You know what you can get away with. He know he not getting away with that mess at in front of Does he uh, though? WWE. Does I he? think so. Cause we we he'll do this. Yeah. But having temperature tantrums and all that, I don't think he's throwing chairs because he know Vince will throw a chair right back. Right. Or or Triple H or somebody, or you all his henchmen. You know, he knows. I mean, like, that's a great point in that, you know, coming at Tony Khan versus coming at Paul Levesque is two very different things. With people like Matt Riddle back there, Dolph Ziggler, you know, some real shooters. Legit, yeah. You know, um, I was listening to somebody and they said, if you think Tony Khan, if Tony Khan was really scared for his life, did he ever see a CM Punk fight? Uh, (laughs) Hell, you see him in MMA? And I'm like, I'm not one, you know, anybody can be scared for any reason. I'm not one to say somebody's scared for their life. We all know it's lawyer talk. Um, But, but, (laughs) you know, like I said, Bobby Lashley, you know, all these shooters, Brock Lesnar. He's not like, come on. You got people back. I mean, someone that we all know... Called Punk a bottom five athlete, and I, I, I lost it. I, I couldn't. I was hyperventilating at the casualness of that statement. I, uh, I, I do want to say though, I but I, I, I can totally see CM Punk in a WWE ring, but I think it would have with, with all of this said, it, it would have to be a situation where all it, it, he, he damn near has to file like a. Uh, there's like a separate page of the contract. It's like you can't do this, this, that, that. Because I think they would have to put so many blinders and put, they, they literally you have to put a wall around them so nobody's aggravating him, but he's also not able to cause too much chaos if something happens. Which is which is what Tony tried to do and giving him collision, right? It literally gave him his own show <laughs> to <laughs> built that bubble around him. And yeah, look, but- I, I mean. You're right in that WWE would probably lay lay this out, but also the other the other foot that's going to drop apparently on this whole thing is Punk's going to respond to this. There's right. that that Sports Illustrated report that he's he's going to respond to this firing, and it's supposed to, it's supposed to be an explosive response or whatever. You know, you know this all this all headline stuff, but I mean, come on, like it's it, it, it there's still a lot left. Uh, a lot of meat left on that bone with the CM Punk drama. So, so who knows how that's all going to go. All right. Um, before we get out of here, let's hit on last night's NXT and tonight's upcoming Dynamite. Let's each pick the biggest thing that stood out to us from NXT. And we'll vote on which one to talk about more in depth. Cal, kick things off for us. What was your biggest NXT takeaway? I love seeing uh, Carmelo, Wes, and... and, and- Juganoff in the ring and and, and then a whole back and forth about them trying to figure out who the number one contender was. That's going to, it's going to be nice. Brian, what do you have from NXT? Man, that opener between the women, uh, Tiffany Stratton, Keanu James, and then obviously the finish with, you know, one, they put on a great match, Mm -hmm. but to see Becky Lynch inserting herself on NXT, Mm -hmm. Take my money, even though it's free. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the, the Becky Lynch, Tiffany Stratton thing for me was was what stood out. And, and let's talk about this Becky thing a little yeah. bit more. And I'll, I guess we'll start here because I, I saw two, two camps start to form on this last night. On is this a good thing that Becky is coming back to try and grab the NXT Women's Title? Because I mean they've also been planting the seed for a while now. Tiffany Stratton's showing up on Raw. Right. Saying she has no you know, legitimate challengers down in NXT, and she was showing up, you know, for Becky matches specifically, or that's when the cameras were cut to her. Is this a good thing for NXT as a whole? Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, I, I, I think all of these, uh, these main roster people over the last like year and change, how long it's really, however long it's really been going on, have you got Dominic Mysterio holding up his gold as part of the Judgment Day, having you know all the gold? Like I think, uh, it's it puts. NXT on a it, it puts it in, in a better like people have always held NXT in a, in a certain light just because of the quality of wrestling you'll get but I think the interplay the way they go back and forth between the main roster and NXT I, I, I think for in the long run there's been a, I saw there was a conversation about NXT not making as many stars as like FCW and some of the older 
uh, development. If you look at the actual stars that came out of those uh, divisions, and uh, I think the hope is to kind of change that, get people more acclimated to someone like a Tiffany Stratton. What better way to do that than have them wrestling against someone like Becky Lynch, who is one of the the best women on your roster and someone that can help elevate. I think the flip side, though, is like, damn the title for a second. Becky Lynch needs to go down to NXT and find Becky Lynch, just like Baron Corbin went down there. Just like a number of people go down mm. there and they're able to 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 find that w- whatever is missing. Because the, the conversations I've been having recently recently about Becky Lynch has been why, like a lot. There's been, there's not been a lot of concern about what's going on with Becky Lynch on Raw, whether it's with Trish Stratus or whoever. So I think I'm I'm very much more open to this, just like I was with Finn Balor. If if they feel like they're kind of it's just not really working on the main roster. Send them down to, I don't want to say send them down, but let them go to NXT for a little bit. Bounce with some different people. Get whatever mojo they got to get back or just de- chill. Because, I mean, it's another WWE property that's going to need eyeballs on it. And it's going to end up either producing better pro wrestlers or just producing great television. So I'm all right now, whoever they want to send down there, especially if it's a Becky Lynch who I think might need it, send them on down. Let them have some fun. Does she need it after that cage match? <laughs> she needed it up until that cage match. Okay. I mean, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not like Becky Lynch is. I don't dislike her. She's not my favorite Be- of four horsewomen. Becky Lynch. Her- Becky Lynch is where people think she is. Why is she not wrestling Rhea Ripley right now? Why is that not the storyline? And they're both <laughs> on the same show every week wrestling currently. Well, is that. Is that more of a Becky Lynch criticism or a criticism on how Rhea's been booked? Because they've been I, booking her as kind of the the puppeteer of the Judgment Day more so than heavyweight champion. Obviously, she, you know she defended the title against Raquel over the weekend, but mm-hmm. it's been a while it since may be she uh, she did that. Okay, it may be, it may, I I think they're not they're not doing Becky Lynch any favors with the way that they've been presenting her recently. But I think. It's also at a time and they're not doing anything with Rhea with that title just because they're so focused on the Judgment Day. So, no, yeah, I think they're both kind of existing at the wrong time. And, and I don't know if the easy fix is just to have the two of them wrestle, but clearly they don't feel like Becky Lynch is, a, is any type of fix for Rhea Ripley right now where they would be in that spot. She, she's, I think that she's was- going down to, to, to the performance center. You know what I'm saying? Like, some, there, there's something going on. I always felt that Becky and Rhea was like a collision saved for later. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the reason why, you know, I felt that they didn't go there. Now I'm hoping Trish Stratus would go after Rhea because I really want Trish to have the title. Mm-hmm. But I think Becky going to NXT, you know, one, it helps elevate um, just her mere presence in that locker room. Yeah. Because when you really look at that roster, you know, at one point you always had like a veteran down there. And with Miko Sadamora not being there full time, there's really not that large that like that veteran. It was Dana Brooke, but but not on the Becky you know, Lynch level. Yeah, right. you know because even when like at one point you had like Oscar uh, down there, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. and then you know she kind of like passed the torch, and then you had uh, Athena down there. Well, she was Ember Moon, mm-hmm. and then you had by that time Rhea was ready, and she, well Shayna was ready, then the Rhea. So you don't really have that. So I think Becky being down there helps. It helps get Tiffany Stratus kind of take it more. I said Tiffany Stratus. (laughs) Tiffany Stratus. Take it more seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just take it serious on a different level, I should say. I think people take it serious, but just take it to a different level. So I think her being down there uh, does a lot for the brand. And she still has the argument. She never won that title, so that's the fun part. Yeah, that is that is the story of the, that's the part of the story that I enjoy is that she's chasing a title that's kind of eluded her. Looking at tonight's AW Dynamite, what's the one thing you're looking forward to most, Brian? What do you got, man? When I look at AEW Dynamite, I I'm really interested in just what MJF has to say mm. because of the fact of things that went down with him and Samoa Joe. You know, I was not happy that the world title wasn't defended at um, All Out. But this is why you let it play out. And you let them play the games. You let them have the matches. They told me a different story. You know, I was excited to see Shane Taylor 
there. Mm-hmm. So to be able to see like him and Samoa Joe and then Samoa Joe kind of trying to mush MJF and then you see MJF tweeting, I'm not the same kid you pushed From Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, fire tweet. Let's let's do fire. it. Let's do it. So I, I got to hear what you got to say. Absolutely. Cal, what do you have? Damn, I'm going to agree with that just because I think Joe stole the show. The, the look on Joe's <laughs> face when he was walking down the ramp, smiling, after uh, pushing him like that, oh, I, I didn't need to, I could have turned the pay-per-view off at that point. That's all I needed. No, yeah, <laughs> I, I think MJF, or if not MJF, then Handman Adam Page, just because at some point, I'd like to see him slip some type of CM Punk something in there. We'll, we'll see. Oh, that's that. right. <laughs> right. We'll that's right. I also have MJF. It's his fault. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Hang, it, might, it might be Hangman. Uh, we're we're going to have, uh, we should have a tournament, uh, another a, another AEW tournament of just everyone involved <laughs> in the punk drama. How about just to that? see who, mm-hmm. who can claim uh, that they were the ones to get punk out of here. Uh, I, I, I also have MJF addressing Small Joe tonight. I mean, that that was just an amazing moment. That, that made an amazing Twitter moment uh, mm-hmm. w- with MJF. But guys, that's how you do Wednesday. Be sure to check out our other Ringer Wrestling Show offerings because we are coming to you every single day of the week. We've got the Masked Man Show with David Shoemaker and Kaz on Mondays and Thursdays. We've got Cheap Heat on Tuesdays and Fridays with Peter Rosenberg, Stack Guy Greg and Dip. And you'll find Wednesday Worldwide smack them in the middle on, of course, Wednesday. If you're not already, be sure to follow us, subscribe, and hit us with those five-star ratings here on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. Also, check out David Shoemaker, Ben Lindbergh, Heels season two recap shows every Friday night, right after the episodes air. Uh, they'll be right here on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. Cal, Brian, tell the people where they can find you on the socials. That's simple. At Cal on Twitter, at Cal IG and threads or whatever else is out there that people aren't being crazy on. But it's not about me. Brian H. Waters, where you at? You can find me at Brian H. Waters on Instagram, Twitter, threads, and Facebook at Brian H. Waters Talk Show Host. But make sure you follow Ringer Wrestling on TikTok, Instagram, threads, and yes, there will be social videos. There it is. <laughs> That's right. There will be social videos uh, on at Ringer Wrestling on Twitter. Instagram threads. Uh, if you if you so choose, you can follow me at Cruise Control. It's Control with the K. Twitter, Instagram threads. Uh, thank you very much to Brian Hollywood Waters for producing this episode and our social clips uh, and making us sound <laughs> better than we should, gentlemen. Thank you for the Graps chat as always. Everyone else, we will catch you next week. Worldwide. <laughs> <laughs>